This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire on Veterans Day 2016. Those pipes you hear our last guest there when he was with the Dropkick Murphy, Scruffy Wallace, and I I didn't mention because I thought I'd, I might lose it, guys, So, but I got to mention, too, and, and Scruffy might have, too, as well, but uh, my p- dad passed in 2014. We had his funeral in his old neighborhood, St. Brendan's in Dorchester. And as we're coming out of the church, uh, there were some pipes playing. And it was Scruffy Wallace uh, playing the Marine Corps hymn for my dad. So a big thank you to him. He's a class act. And and like I said, we'll get him on the show again. But uh, again, thank you to Scruffy Wallace for that. And of course, for coming on the show today. And as we've been doing all day, we thank all service members here on Veterans Day and hopefully our sports talk uh, distracts you from all the serious stuff, right, Bob? Yeah, and, and I'm that's gonna, what we're here for. We're I'm not. Gonna, we're not those. You well, know, well, there's I'm, political shows, and then there's not. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have one more emotional comment for that before then we leap yeah. from there. And th- there's a saying, and I don't remember who uh, told me that they said you don't remember who was at your wedding, you never forget who appeared at a funeral for your family members. Yeah, you don't. You know, and I, you know what, like, I, I won't ever forget that. And yeah, we got to move on before, <laughs> before I lose <laughs> it. Let, <laughs> let's talk some Patriots right now with our good friend, Phil A. Perry from CSNNE.com. Phil, how are you today on this Friday? Doing well, Jimmy. Thanks for sharing that story, man. That's a great story. And uh, I hope you and everybody out there is having a good Veterans Day today. Thanks Thank you, to all friend. the veterans out there who, who might be listening. Can't yeah. get to do this stuff. And, and talk about sports and, and be goofs all week the way we are without those people. We don't. We don't. And they, they need to be remembered there, and we should remember them every day, not just uh, not just on exactly. this one day a year. You know, and I, tr- I do my best to do that, and I hope I do a good job. Um, but 
Phil, you know what? The uh, the Patriots uh, with some big news this week, uh, the return of Dion Lewis. Uh, just your take on how they will ease him back in uh, to the lineup and how long do you think it will take till we see the Dion Lewis we know? Yeah, so, the, I mean, things are at least trending that way, right? Like, it it's, it's, uh, looks like it's only a matter of time if and when they do activate him. If it's this week and they're getting him ready to play against the Seattle Seahawks, I, I think the fact that uh, they're they're even uh, they're close. They've cleared this roster spot, and they're all signs are pointing that direction. is obviously a great sign. I mean, they they, they still have another week um, before they're forced to either activate him or put him on IR. So he must be progressing very well. And I can tell you just from talking to some of his teammates and from talking to him very briefly today that um, things are are trending in the right direction for him, and uh, he's pretty excited to get back out there. And and the one thing that he does. When he's at his best is he can make people miss unlike any running back in the league. Uh, he was um, on pace uh, to absolutely obliterate the elusive rating that pro football focus has put together, uh, which you know some people hate the pro football focus stuff out there. I, I tend to be somebody uh, who, who likes it. I think it gives us a different perspective on things and um, you know I'm not you don't rely on it 100%. You have to watch the games and you have to make sure you're following what's going on out there, but I think it does give us a good sense of what's going on sometimes. And one thing they do a great job of is keeping track of how many missed tackles receiving options and running backs um, are able to rack up uh, over the course of the season, and nobody did it better than Lewis last year when he was healthy. So if they have him out there, another incredibly dynamic offense. And he gives them a little bit more unpredictability, I think, on offense as well, because the way the Patriots use James White and LeGarrette Blunt is a little bit predictable. James White mm-hmm. is the receiving sub-back. LeGarrette Blunt is the big power back. And while, yes, James White will take a handoff now and again, and yes, LeGarrette Blunt uh, is capable of catching a pass here and there, neither of those running backs can do both things as well as Deion Lewis can do both things. Deion Lewis can make you miss out in space as a receiver, and he can carry it between the tackles and make big people miss as well at the line of scrimmage. So it, when he's at his best, he, he keeps the defense guessing because you don't know. Run, pass, is he going to get it? Is he going to be a decoy? Is he going to be in pass protection? It just, it just gives the defense that much more to think about. For sure, definitely agree, and look forward to when he gets to that point. Uh, it's just going to make this Patriots offense even better, which is scary to think about. Uh, you know, I had a, we had Chris Price from WEI.com on yesterday, and we were discussing, you know, how coaches, and specifically Belichick, will always praise the opponent. And, and you know, sometimes it, he's just doing it to do it and, and to be respectful. And there's other times when you can really tell it's sincere. And I had mentioned how overall – his praise for the Seattle Seahawks in the last week. I mean, he really seems to be so sincere about it and really respects what that organization has done. Reminds him a lot of what they're doing here with the Patriots. Today, he was he had some more praise, specifically for Earl Thomas, uh, comparing him to Ed Reed. And I, I, I wonder, too, did you get that vibe that this wasn't just, you know, throwing stuff across the, the field there just to do it? This He means it, huh? Oh, definitely. And you know that any time he invokes the name of Ed Reed, because uh, to to Bill Belichick, 
there is nobody better at the safety position uh, than Ed Reed, and he said that multiple times. In terms of guys that he's seen over the course of his long career, nobody played that position, that free safety, that weak safety spot, whatever you want to call it, better than Ed Reed did. So for him to put Thomas in that category is unbelievably high praise. It means he doesn't just consider him one of the best in the league, but maybe even one of the best of all time. And the, the guy, uh, you know, his track record speaks for itself. He's a, he's a four-time first-team All-Pro, been to the Pro Bowl five different times. And what makes him such a special player is, you know, he's often in the deep middle part of that field when the Seahawks play their cover one or cover three defense. But he's much more than just a quote-unquote center fielder who's trying mm-hmm. to read the quarterback's eyes and go wherever the ball takes him. He'll come up and he'll support against the run. He can go sideline to sideline and cover a ton of ground because of the speed that he has. He can take away some of those team passes to tight ends, which we know the Patriots like to use. So he's going to be all over the field on Sunday. And the Patriots and Bill Belichick in particular know they're going to have to be ready for him. They've considered this guy one of the best in the game, uh, I think, you know, across positions. In terms of when you're looking at defenders in general, uh, you know, he has to be considered right up there, and, and that's where the Patriots put him. That, that Ed Reed comment today, it was brief, and he didn't, uh, you know, expound too, too much on it. But uh-huh. as soon as you hear Ed Reed, you know <laughs> this guy is the, the best of the best. That's how Bill Belichick always thought of Reed, and that's how he thinks of Tom. Phil, we always follow you up sometimes uh, on our show with uh, our, our main handicapper. His name is Gabriel Morenci. He's out of Toronto, and he does a great job breaking down. A, I, I urge you to check out his segment on it. it, it you're going to be in stitches laughing. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> but nonetheless, and one of the things I want to ask him about today, and, I, and I'll, I'll ask you first is, you know, this Seattle Seahawks team is no pushover, and I think – in terms of maybe top five teams in the NFL right now, as we speak, they're in there, in my opinion. Why are they nine-point underdogs to the New England Patriots heading into this game? That seems a little uh, that seems a little large to me in terms of the spread because this is a team that that always, even when they lose, they keep things close. The double-digit losses uh, for the Seahawks over the you know over uh, Pete Carroll's tenure there not are, much. Incredibly few and far between. So uh, that seems a little steep to me. I just think what's going on with the Seahawks right now is that they're not the team they were in 2014 when they made right. it to that Super Bowl, and they're really not even the the defense that that they were the year before that. Uh, in 2013, they were you know one of the best defenses ever, and so you know they're not quite what they were. They're still very good, and I still think this is you know maybe the best test that the Patriots I'm will face you. for the rest of the season. Um, but they're having trouble running the football. Uh, obviously, Marshawn Lynch no, no longer there. And while Kristen Michael has, has been okay in spurts, they just haven't been able to consistently generate any kind of uh, positive momentum on the ground. Their offensive line uh, has been battered, and so they're trying to piece things together there. They're trying to, to use the athleticism they have on that offensive line and, and run some of the zone um, concepts uh, that we see oftentimes out of Denver um, in Gary Kubiak's offense, mm. uh, but they just haven't been able to, to make that stuff work consistently, and so it's made them a little bit easier to defend. The other thing that's going on with them, and uh, you know, I think we saw on Monday night that this is trending in the right direction for the Seahawks, but 
Russell Wilson really hasn't been himself for much of the year because he's been banged yes. up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think he's better, and I think uh, that mobility is something you know the Patriots are going to be very aware of, and I don't think uh, this week against the Seahawks, anybody that the Patriots fan should be expecting any more in the way of pass rush. I know that's been you know one of the few complaints you can have about this Patriots defense is that they just really don't pressure quarterbacks enough to make them uncomfortable. Uh, a lot of that is by design, and I think that design is going to continue to be used this week because they would much rather have him in the pocket than rolling around and, and extending plays and finding receivers down the field. So, um, you know, it, I, they're not what they were, and they're not at, the, at their best, but they're going to give the Patriots a game, even though it's at home where we know the Patriots are so good, and even though the Patriots are as healthy as they are and clicking on all cylinders, it seems like offensively especially, I do think it's going to be closer than a nine-point spread. I do, too. I I think it's going to be a great game, and I look forward to it. Uh, Phil, in all your time covering the Patriots, uh, have you ever experienced uh, a bye week uh, in the two-week period there as eventful, as controversial, as just off the wall as you just did? It was unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> never between seen the it. Jamie like, Collins trade, yeah, uh, you know that thing that got things going. You know, I thought we were we were ready to have um, an incredibly uneventful right bye week. Uh, you know, I'll take a little break, guys. <laughs> yeah, we were about to kick our feet up here. Yeah. There wasn't anything to do. Everybody was healthy for the most part. You know, they were you know, just rolling over teams left and right. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden they deal. You know, maybe their best athlete and one of yeah. their best defensive playmakers for sure. Um, so that shook things up, and then with all of the the political stuff uh, that went on, well, you know, basically a week later, you know, about a week after Collins was traded, Trump took the stage in Manchester, New Hampshire, and and said everything he said. So, uh, you know, it's always something with this team, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, if it's not an injury, it's a trade. If it's not a trade, it's uh, Donald Trump reading a, a, an email from Bill Belichick on stage oh the night gosh. before the presidential election. So. Uh, just a wild, wild, um, you know, series of events. But uh, listen, in terms of dealing with distractions, I don't know if there's a team in the league that's as experienced uh, at doing it and um, as effective um, in terms of the approach they take when they do yeah. try to avoid these things as the Patriots are because they've dealt with so much. I mean, you, you go back over the course of the last few years to Flategate. Aaron Hernandez, I mean, these are some very serious things that, uh, you know, obviously yeah. Hernandez, the most serious, the Flategate, not at all serious, but, the, you know, you have the Tim Tebow signing and, and all the circus that came yeah. with that. You know, it, it feels like every year there's something, uh, but they always manage to, to move past it pretty quickly. Um, sometimes they do it in a kind of laughable ways, the way Bill Belichick handled yeah. the Donald Trump question <laughs> this week, but yeah. that's, you know, it yeah. works for them, and they yeah. and they move on, and, and they, exactly, there you go, and it's, it's worked for them, so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it works for him again this week. Yeah, it's it's unreal, and speaking of Deflategate, um, was he asked at all about that clip of Seattle clearly using a deflated ball? <laughs> You wasn't asked about that. Are you referencing the? Uh, I saw a few images of this. Is yeah, this the uh, the kicking ball that, that yeah. looked like it was deflated on impact, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a um, if that's just Stephen Hauschka being like the world's strongest man and just having <laughs> you know foot made of steel. But um, you know, the thing with that is, you know, let's just 
brushing up on, uh, you know, off the top of my head on, on some of my, my NFL football uh, protocols, <laughs> the, the kicking balls are uh, handled a little bit differently okay. than the offensive football. So those are um, totally under the, <laughs> the purview of the NFL, and there's no uh, messing with those during the week. Um, or even right before the game to warm up. Those are, uh, from what I understand, basically in the officials' possession until they get used. And so uh, if if they were at all deflated, that's going to be on whatever whoever the uh, the officiating crew was okay. that day. I don't think there's there's a whole lot of controversy uh, to be gleaned from that. How I- the pictures were pretty entertaining. Yeah, I mean, how ironic too. The the week before they play the Patriots, I mean, it was like, could there be more perfect timing for this? It was unbelievable. It was hilarious. Unbelievable. Again, there's always something. You you know, you never <laughs> be able to to predict what it is, but there's always going to be something funky going on with this team week after. Were you able to relax at home? Uh, I don't know if you have a significant other or not, or were you able to get any downtime in this supposed bye week, Phil? Um, you know what? My wife and I uh, were able to go to a movie at one point. Oh, cool. What'd you uh, see? We, yeah, we, uh, you know, we did a little bit of hanging. I wasn't too, too bad. We saw the, uh, the new Affleck movie. It was okay. I okay. Give it, uh, I give it maybe a C plus, B minus. Yeah. It was. Um, I'm not an Affleck fan. The accountant is what is what yes. it's called. Yep. Yeah. So he, you know, it was it was fine. You like watching people get shot in the head? That's that movie street. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You know him like he he lost me in Goodwill Hunting because you're from Boston. You don't have to fake the Boston accent. <laughs> you don't have to overdo it. Just talk. It's going to come out. But uh, ever since then, he's just run me the wrong way. But, it's, uh, it's, yeah, a little bit over the top. I yeah, agree. You I know agree what I'm saying? That. But listen, yeah. buddy, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I hope you get a little rest before the game Sunday and uh, keep up the good work over at CSNNE.com. Tell our good friend Mike Giardi we say hello, all right? All right, Jimmy. Will do, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Phil A. Perry joining us from CSNNE.com. He does a great job there. Check him out. Uh, he's also at Phil A. Perry. Uh, we are just motoring through, and it is—it's time. It's time for uh, Gabriel Morenci. Get get ready to laugh. I don't care if you like football handicapping or not. I urge like you to stay tuned. Uh, yeah, this is always a pleasure, and it's a good way to uh, start the weekend. So, Gabriel Morenci will be joining us in the next segment here, uh, as we remember and honor our veterans here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire.
listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for Friday Night Lights, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. College basketball tips off tonight, and it's time to get excited to watch the big stars like... Well, there's Grayson Allen at Duke, and... Chris Jenkins at Villanova, the big shot to win the title. Nigel Hayes still at Wisconsin, and Kentucky has a bunch of freshmen. All right, it's going to take a little while to get to know the best players in college basketball, but it's like that every year with the one-and-done rule. That doesn't mean the sport isn't still exciting. It's just different. There seems to be less emphasis on the regular season, but March Madness is still huge. Back in the day, it was a whole lot different. Patrick Ewing played four years at Georgetown. Michael Jordan stayed at Carolina for three. Tim Duncan stayed for four. We'll see if the NBA and NCAA can figure out a way to tweak the one-and-done rule. It would certainly be nice to be able to get to know these players a little bit more to start a season as opposed to the end of the season. But for now, time to take a crash course in college basketball starting tonight. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Hey, American Express card members, there's never been a better reason to get out and shop small in your neighborhood. Because now, through December 31st, you could earn two times your rewards when you shop small with an enrolled American Express card. Learn more and enroll your eligible card today at AmericanExpress.com slash ShopSmallOffer. It always feels two times as good to support local stores, and now it's two times as rewarding. Prepaid and corporate cards, cards issued by other financial institutions. The Plum Card and certain other cards are not eligible. Reward cap and other terms apply. It's getting to be the best part of the football season, and there's no better place to be than Buffalo Wild Wings. They do it all for you, and it doesn't stop at wall-to-wall TVs, limited-time menu, or countless beers on tap. No, they go the extra mile, and from now until it's tapped out, Lagunitas Fandom Ale. That's a limited-release beer. This citrus-infused, hoppy, pale wheat ale that won't last long. Yep, I've said there's no place to be. That that's because it's true. It's Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports. Please tomorrow night, Bud Light, ESPN New Hampshire, and Metro PCS present UFC 205 featuring Conor McGregor at Chunky's in Nashua. Don't spend big money on pay-per-view. It's just 15 bucks to watch the UFC on the giant movie screen at Chunky's, and you get a $5 food voucher. There'll be lots of prizes and giveaways from Bud Light, ESPN New Hampshire, and Metro PCS. UFC 205 featuring Conor McGregor tomorrow night at Chunky's Nashua. Doors open at 9. Tickets on sale now at Chunky's.com. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Are you looking for an electrical contractor you can count on for insight, experience, and quality work? How about a partner who is dependable and operates with high integrity? The answer is Hammond Electric. Hammond Electric provides quality licensed electrical work for commercial, industrial, biomedical, and life sciences facilities in Massachusetts, Southern New Hampshire, and Southern Maine. Hammond Electric, powering your productivity. Please call 800-966-5040 or visit HammondElectric.com. Have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? Well, put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, paint and supplies, window treatments, and especially wallpaper and flooring. They offer wall coverings for your commercial, designer, and residential properties and work with top brands to give you the floor that you're looking for. Find out more 
at NashuaPaint.com. Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan, banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy! We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for a one-game play-in in the wildcard game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in this starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's Obviously all I Price. need to know. He one game, been. one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The best sports coverage in New England. Make sure you tune in to ESPN New Hampshire. Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Bob Bart is sitting alongside me. Justin Sullivan working the boards here on this Veterans Day 2016. Thank you, all veterans, for your service. That one goes out to my good friend, Brendan Quinn, who served in the Army for us, two, two tours in the Army, and uh, sacrificed for us. We appreciate your service, Brendan. Hope you're doing well, buddy. And it's that time of the week of Friday... Heading into the weekend, and of course, we bring on our good friend, Gabriel Morenci. Mr. Morenci, how are you today, sir? Hey, always a pleasure, Jimmy. How you doing? We're doing all right. We're remembering our veterans today, and I know up in Canada, you guys are have Remembrance Day as well, and uh, you have any friends or family that have served? Yeah, I couldn't help but think of my grandfather earlier today. I watched uh, some of the services, and uh, you know, my grandfather actually uh, was in the NHL. Yeah, uh, at the time, and uh, and actually left the NHL to go, uh, to go, and um, he didn't end up going to Germany, but he ended up in England. Wow! And um, you know, he didn't play in the National Hockey League again after that, actually. So, like you know, not, the, not the ultimate sacrifice of you know somebody putting their life on the line, but it just goes to show, you know, how people put their the country first and the people first in that era. Hey, I mean, the NHL doesn't matter. I'm going. You yeah, know, one of those type of deals. Be nice if you, know, you, you could wouldn't see, see that, that today. Now. You don't see that now. No, right? you don't see like, it today. Like, and I, I'm not. Last time we saw it was Pat Tillman. Yeah. May he rest in peace. So what a what a yes. great hero that uh, Pat Tillman was. That's the last time we've seen something like that. Yeah. Really. And I, I just uh, I'll leave it at this, and we'll get into football because I don't want it to become a political thing here. But you know, you see all these people right now on social media 
oh my God, it's the end of the world, and well, I can't go to work, I'm sick to my stomach over the election, and what? You know what? Go read up on, like, your grand, you know, tell them to read up on Gabriel Morenzi's grandfather, or on Milt Schmidt, or, or on so many veterans that sacrificed for us and, and just sucked, sucked it up in the ultimate way. It's just disgusting. You know, I tweeted this earlier today, and I had people actually get mad at me. I, I said, Gabe, it, it, only in America right now will veterans have to go to work on Veterans Day and others are staying home because they're sick to their stomach over the election. Yeah, well said. You know, well said. What we the hell is happening to us? To spoil millennial generation, uh, yep. Jimmy, that expects everything for nothing. Except for Justin Sullivan. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's okay. Except, yeah, he's good, good, good kid. Good yeah, kid. <laughs> we like Sully. He's all right. He's an exception. Yeah. You know, I actually find myself I'm ripping millennials all the time Me on too. my show, and then I realize, like, who the hell's watching the Fantasy Sports Network, man? I'm like, these kids today are so stupid. Like, you know, these guys don't know anything that happened in the NFL. You know, if it didn't happen in like 2012 and up, you know. And then I realized, like, somebody told me, they're like, Gabe, you know, most of our viewers are kind of young, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, you know. All right, I'll shut up on that. But on the more serious note, you're exactly right, Jimmy. And I actually, you know, we can go on and on. I want to get some picks, obviously, yeah. as well. Uh, but these people, half the people that are protesting right now on the street probably didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, secondly, I don't know if they thought because Hillary Clinton was going to win that America was going to be some paradise like Nirvana. Uh, suddenly, <laughs> she was going to show up and mow your lawn and bake you cookies and give you a $50,000 check. The school was going to be free and minimum wage was going to be $22 an hour. They're delusional. Sign me up. I, I said up. this last night. You know, I tweeted this last night. I said, you know, seeing these people out there arguing about political parties to me is ridiculous as. People riding in the streets saying, well, I, I like Coke, and that's a red can, and you like Pepsi, that's a blue can. Coke's better than Pepsi, so I'm going to punch you in the face now, or I'm not going to go to work, and I'm going to cry about it. You know, I don't want to get more too serious here about this stuff, yeah. but I don't think any of these kids on the street realize that Barack Obama deported more Mexicans than George Bush did. I don't think these kids on the street realize that Barack Obama's dropped more drones than, than all other presidents combined. I don't think these people on the street realize Hillary Clinton was against the legalization of marijuana. She was against making minimum wage $15. She, was, she wasn't their left-wing hero, but they're too stupid to even understand it. Um, but uh, I, look, as I, my point was about Pepsi and Coke, um, you know the bottom line is they're both bad for you, just like political parties. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, my friend. Well, let's get into the football picks. We'll start with the, yeah, I'm the sure, one. I'm sure I just, a couple of people just drove off the road. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say, uh, where's Max Hedrum when we need him, right? Wait, what, what's yeah, the, what's the over-under? Like, what the hell what? did I just do it into? Limbaugh show, what's going on here? Yeah. What's the over-under on the number of people that just yeah. drove, <laughs> drove off the road? No, I, 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 I apologize to your boss already. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I love you, Gabe. Listen, uh... Florida State uh, welcoming in the uh, BC Eagles as a, another sacrificial lamb here tonight. I mean, this could get ugly, Gabe. I know BC's got a good defense, but those def- that defense has not held up with the with the powerhouses. They took a whooping from Louisville last week, and now they got to go into Florida State. Uh, how ugly is this going to get tonight? Well, I'll defer to your expertise, uh, Jimmy, because I know you know you've got to some BC games. Yeah. Uh, this year, but I think you just said it. It is about as good uh, as you could have really 
you know, there's a lot of talk about BC's defense. Okay, they're 15th ranked in the country overall, and oh, you can't run on BC. Well, I saw Louisville run on them last week. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, they're not playing Buffalo. They're not playing Wake Forest, you know, and we've seen every time the Boston College has taken a step up in class against a real team and, like, an elite team. And Florida State are an elite team. Or let's say they have elite athletes. Florida State aren't three and six. They're six and three. You know, their quarterback is a freshman. He struggled a little bit. Their offensive line had some issues. But you can tell Florida State is hung in there. Dalvin Cook's a freaking monster. He's probably going to rush for like 180 tonight. He needs like 127, I believe, to become the all-time, or 117 to become the all-time ACC leading rusher. I just don't see how Boston College scores. And even if their defense is good, I just think at the end of the night, the scoreboard is going to say 42-7 or something like that. I'll lay the 20 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And uh, let's head to tomorrow. Uh, quite a, there's some good games on the docket tomorrow. Are you eyeing anything in, in particular? Now, you know what, to be honest with you, Jimmy, you know, I do weekly, I do the weekly picks on the Fantasy Sports Network, and I do the videos, and you'll end up with like 14 college picks, or 15, and yeah. I got a ton of college picks. I really don't this week. Really? You know, I don't want to force anything, I, that's, that's, my, that's my problem. I pick good games, but I have bad money management, and sometimes I'm just like a degenerate. I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's just get in on this game at the last second, and it ends up costing me. So I didn't want to push it too much. And most of the games that I like on Saturday are on Saturday night. But a few games do catch my eye. Um, If people are paying attention, everyone talks about Charlie Strong being on the hot seat. Texas's offense is lethal, man. Yeah, they (laughs) are. These guys, they just run the ball down your throat, and there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do about it. Uh, West Virginia's bubble burst. You and I have talked a lot about the Mountaineers on the show this year. But (laughs) reality is caught up to them. I think this is a tough spot. I think Texas... I'll lay the two points. Uh, you know, basically it's got to win the game. I'll lay the two points uh, with the Texas Longhorns. Uh, your Notre Dame fighting Irish. I don't trust them laying 13 and a half, but I'm not going to take Army here. But I think this game is a higher scoring game. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, Notre Dame should be able to put some points up on the board, get into the, you know, the mid-30s. Uh, type of deal, maybe the 40s, and Army should be able to put a couple of touchdowns on the board. I like the over 53 uh, in that football game. Um, Arkansas has cost me in the past, uh, but Arkansas is getting seven points against LSU. I like what LSU is doing with Orgeron as the head coach there. Uh, but we saw last week against Alabama, and I know the Bama's defense is, is good, but Bama gave up points, actually. Mm. And LSU, their, their offense is just so pedestrian. I'm going to take the seven points uh, with Arkansas. And uh, in the biggest game of the day, we got the USC uh, Trojans uh, taking on the Washington Huskies, and money's just pouring in on the USC Trojans here. Really? I think, uh, you know, and I was on Utah a couple of weeks ago. I took them on the money line against Washington. Took the 10 points, and I think people sort of, I don't think people pay attention to Washington that no. much. They're on the West Coast. They don't see them. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're not paying attention, they're freaking good. And <laughs> they're not a soft pack 12 team. That's why they're knocking the snot out of everybody out there. They're big. Like, they are they got a bunch of big offensive linemen. They got a bunch of speedy backs from California and the Los Angeles area. Uh, Jake Browning. You know, if, if Jake Browning's not sitting next to uh, to Lamar Jackson on Heisman Day, it's a crime. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy's just killing it. 
defensively. They're giving up like 15 points a game. Washington are not a fraud. And I think this, I know the USC has been on a little bit of a roll as of late, but I think this is a tough spot. I think Washington, you know, states their case that they are one of the elite teams in the country uh, with an impressive win. I'll lay the seven and a half. And I, I usually don't like laying points, Jim. If you notice, most of my picks are usually the underdog, but I'll, uh, I'll lay the points with the Huskies. And uh, finally, in closing with the college, I'm going to take Cal plus 14 and a half at Washington State. Um, Cal are a little beat up right now, but they're, they're getting a little bit healthier. Um, they're going to be able to score on Washington State. Washington State are a good team. They're seven and two, uh, but you know when when you're betting an underdog like this, you know the back door is always going to be open. And Cal have been freaking competitive all year long in every game that they've been in. And the only ones they weren't is when Washington just ran it up on them a couple of weeks ago. Or was it last week or you know last Thursday, whenever it is? I lose track of days. Um, but um, I'm going to take Kyle plus the 14 and a half right. in this, this football game. You're going to make my uh, my lady Karen O'Donohue. She's at she goes to Cal. She's listening. She's going to be happy with that pick. So take the points. Go. Take the points. <laughs> take the points. Hey, listen. Let's get into the NFL. And I don't know about you. Justin and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, Quite a few good 1 p.m. games this week. Uh, usually they save them for the four, you know, but there's a, there's a few there that really catch my eye. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the, you know, the late slate of, uh, of games, and actually there's only two games. Uh, you, know, you got the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. San Francisco and Arizona. And, That's you know, rare. I guess, you know, that Dallas-Pittsburgh game is so big that they want to showcase it, right? And rightfully so. Too bad this, you know, they don't put Dallas and Pittsburgh on a Thursday night uh, instead of the crap that they put on TV every Thursday. That, that, this is going to be a really interesting makes football sense. game. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have division games. Well, stop doing division games. Like, they better adjust that uh, next year. But um, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. Uh, you know, and Pittsburgh have burnt me. I know Dallas have covered seven weeks in a row uh, since losing the home opener to the Giants. Uh, but Pittsburgh haven't been healthy. Uh, Pittsburgh, they get blown out on the road. They're obviously a good uh, home team. The only home game they lost uh, was to um, to the Patriots. And, uh, you know, Landry Jones was the quarterback. Um, so I like Pittsburgh at home in this spot. You know, we're going to see. Listen, Dallas run the ball when they, when they go on the road. They run the ball at home, but they really run the ball a lot on the road. They try to play ball control. That could be a problem if they fall behind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll start dropping a couple of stats and numbers here right now. But uh, the last five times the Pittsburgh Steelers had a 500 record and Ben Roethlisberger was playing, he won the game. Like, they didn't get below 500. And there's something to be said about that for championship pedigree quarterbacks. And we have a similar situation uh, with that with Aaron Rodgers as well and the Packers yeah. uh, not losing three in a row. Uh, but, you know, so the last, you know, last five times the, the Steelers were 500 and Ben Roethlisberger started, he won the game. And he's 4-1 and against the spread in this spot. They're getting healthier. They were god-awful last week, and they ruined my week, man. I, I, oh, yeah. yeah. Me I had to meet a guy earlier today because of that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm still upset about that game. You know, they had 69 yards total offense through three quarters against the Ravens. They had two first downs. You know, that game wasn't even as close as the 21-14 would indicate. But in the last, like, six minutes, they did score a couple of touchdowns. And you could just sort of tell, like, they had that anger uh, look, they were frustrated. They're ready to strap it on. They're ready to take on the Dallas Cowboys in a high-profile game. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers here. All right. What about, uh, let's look right now at the Denver Broncos trying to halt their losing streak in New Orleans. 
against an upstart Saints team. Are they going to continue this streak? Well, you know, the Saints won four or five football games, and I've been riding the wave, actually. The Saints are a solid, fundamental team. Yeah. It's crazy because the other defense put you know gave up a lot of yards earlier in the year. They're starting to clamp down defensively right now, and you know people if you're not watching every Saint game, they're not the same. You know we're just going to throw the ball 52 times yeah. and try to beat you 35. Uh, 30. They're not your generation X Saints at all. No, and you know they they played that game that game in the first game of the year against the Raiders, and you know they played a couple of high scoring games, and I think they. They said, you know, we can't do this. Let's let's try to become a real team. And they're running the football right now. Yeah. And, you know, look at, you know, they beat Seattle yeah. 25-20 in a smash mouth. They were picking up first downs, running the ball. Yep. They, they, they're dedicated to running the ball. Like, they actually, they're dedicated to it. Uh, we can't underestimate the impact that this kid Michael Thomas has had, guys. For you fantasy players, you know, Michael Thomas has been a steal. I didn't take him this week, but, you know, the guy's been a, been a fantasy steal. Uh, but with all that being stated, this is Denver Broncos. I'm surprised the Saints are laying three points. Not one of my best bets of the week at all. I'll rattle off my best ones in a minute. But uh, I'm going to tease the Denver Broncos here. I'm all high on the Saints. Uh, but taking the Denver Broncos on a seven-point teaser, Broncos plus 10 over 42 sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be a close game for sure. Uh, so give us your, uh, your ones you're high on. Uh, you know, the, my best bets of the weekend are the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles to go over the number. You know, we don't need to overanalyze this and give you a bunch of stats, but I will. Uh, the Falcons, <laughs> 492 yards of total offense a game. I mean, this is like, uh, you know, that's like cow type of numbers. Yeah. These are, you know, this is bad defense, college football type of numbers the Falcons are putting up. 492 yards of total offense a game. They're scoring 33 points a game. And, you know, they played nine games this year. Eight of them have gone over the number. So wow. it's not rocket science, right? Let's take the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles to go over the number. You know, the Eagles are actually five and three uh, to the over as well. So we have a nice cocktail when you mix the two of them together here. <laughs> I don't see how this game stays under uh, 50 points. Uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, taking on the Tennessee Titans. I've been riding the Titans. I like the Titans. Mariota's a fantasy stud. Uh, but without being stated, they're not as developed as the Green Bay Packers are. Yeah, the Packers' secondary is their weakness. We saw Andrew Luck expose that. Uh, but the Titans' passing attack isn't great. Um, we talked about Ben Roethlisberger not letting the team um, you know, fall under 500. A similar situation with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he doesn't lose three games in his career in a row very often. I like the fact that Brett Favre called them out. Aaron Rodgers called his teammates out for a lack of energy. McCarthy saying that uh, the energy's been off the hook all week long in practice. I like the Green Bay Packers. They're a better football team than the Tennessee Titans are still. I think it should be a high-scoring game. I like it to go over the number two, but I'll lay the three points uh, with the Packers. I told you guys last week, uh, that the Carolina Panthers are going to go on like a, a big winning streak again. Mm-hmm. And here they are. They've won two in a row. They beat Arizona. They beat the Rams. wasn't pretty against the Rams, so we're only laying three here against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been rolling along, but I think there's a little irony here. The Chiefs were 1-5 last year, guys, and made the playoffs. Yep, I remember that. And here, you know, ironically enough, here are the Panthers who are 1-5. Everyone left them for dead. Suddenly they win this game. Suddenly, don't look now, they're 4-5. and five. Then they play the Saints next week. They're five and five. Um, you know, suddenly they're back to five hundred if they can pull this off, and I think they will. Alex Smith comes back. I think he's going to struggle a little bit against this good Panthers defense. Panthers starting to clamp down a little bit. Similar situation too. Carolina's weakness is through the air. Kansas City not a great passing team. Kansas City not going to win every week. Um, I, I think Carolina wins this game. Now, 
it might push. It was frustrating because I had the Panthers last week and the Rams scored a late touchdown to get the push. So it might be a similar situation there. But I like the Panthers minus the three. And I think the game stays under 44. And I don't take a lot of unders, guys. But I think this game stays under uh, the 44. We told you about the Cowboys-Steeler game, in which I like the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I generally never want to lay 13.5 points. But in Arizona, are overrated. We've talked about it. And Carson Palmer, Jimmy, you and I on a weekly basis all year long. Uh, but without being stated, this is sort of like uh, Florida State tonight. Yeah, Arizona takes some frustrations out yeah. uh, on San Francisco. Arians, man, has been you know, more pissed off than a Hillary Clinton voter uh, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he's ripping everyone all the time. He's cutting guys, the long snapper, the holder, the cheerleader. Like, it's Arians pissed, all right? Like, he's just in a bad mood this year. I think San Francisco's going to pay the price. Like I said, normally I don't like laying the points in this type of situation, but you know the San Francisco 49ers are the first team in NFL history to allow a 100-yard rusher in seven consecutive games. Wow. <laughs> so, oh. And, oh, yeah, they're playing David Johnson this Oops. week. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'll lay the points with Arizona. And finally, in closing, the Sunday nighter, first time that the, uh, the, pa- the, the, the Patriots and the Seahawks have faced off since the Super Bowl, you know, I get it. Seattle's struggling a little bit. They're not, you know, they're not quite as good as they've been in the past couple of years. But I think Wilson's getting healthier on a weekly basis right now. Their offense is starting to come alive. You know, I, I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, but I don't want to lay seven and a half here. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks plus seven and a half. And listen, we saw the Buffalo Bills go up and down the field on them. And mm. conversely, we've seen Seattle's offense start to come alive a bit here. I really like the over 48-and-a-half on Sunday night with the Pats and the Hawks. So I'll take the Hawks plus a seven-and-a-half in the over. And, quick, and, and the last thing about the Hawks, yep. you know, if we're going to nail Tom Brady to a cross and, and suspend him yep. and take away draft picks, what, is it suddenly allowed that the punter can deflate the football? <laughs> we talked about this in the last segment. Apparently, yeah, they have different, they have different standards. Man. We got screwed. This guy's got a wicked hang time. It turns out when you deflate the football, the ball stays in the, in, in, the, uh, in the air longer. You know, it's ridiculous. But he did it all game, man. You see the pictures, man? Yeah, the ball it was crazy. Was like, it was like a Nerf ball. Like, you know, seriously. I know that Brady made it worse by smashing the phone. That's something he has in common with Hillary Clinton. Um, I know that he, you know, listen, he smashed the phone. We all know the Brady stuff was kind of dodgy, but it was overblown. Should have been one game. Yeah. You know, I said it from the and start. And I, I'll admit, not a even peep. I know there's a lot of Pat fans tuning in, I said, listen, it's wrong. Tag him with the game and let's move on. But Brady turned it into a circus. But without being stated, boom, you know, hey, yeah. John Ryan, you're suspended. Like, I don't know why he's not suspended already, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, according to Phil Perry, who covers the Patriots for uh, Comcast here in New England, he was saying apparently kickers and punters, uh, it, it's different regulations for them. But, I mean, that still looked like it was breaking oh, some regulations. Yeah, no, I know they have the kicking ball. You're yeah. right, the K-ball, as they yeah. call it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty flagrant. the hell out of it. <laughs> Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, and like seriously, like, I'm, I'm upset at Reggie Bush. Yeah. Because Reggie caught a bunch of those punts. What's yeah. the deal? Is he too stupid to realize that the ball's deflated? I'm not answering that question. Hey, quickly before I let you go, because I can't figure this one out. Why are the Buccaneers underdogs at home to the Bears? Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> There's some pro, pro analysis right there. Yeah, J- yeah I don't know. Jameson Winston's been looking good, man. I don't know. No, I don't think how Jay Cutler's back. There's a belief in John Fox. Yeah. You know, that the Bears, yeah, this is a trade. John Fox game, really Jimmy. loves Listen, Jay Cutler, too. 
I bet on Filipino D League basketball at three in the morning, but I'm not betting this Bears Buccaneers game. <laughs> I love you, brother. All right, listen, have a great weekend, my friend, and may the winners be yours. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Okay. Oh, yeah, Kevin Thank you. Harvick for Bobby. Uh, Kevin Harvick, he knows it. Kevin Harvick wins Phoenix this week, plus 160. Uh, he's won six of the last eight races there. He owns the track. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. It's the house of Harvick, but is this like laying money on California Chrome? You know. No, you know what? It's funny. You know, Normally, as you know, as a NASCAR guy, the only time you're going to see odds in this range is like uh, at Sonoma or at Watkins Glen, right? Right. For a road course. <laughs> Nobody's ever, like in the lowest NASCAR odds you're ever going to see for a win of a race is a road course, you know, with my Marcos Ambrose in those days. Yes. You know, plus 350. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, plus uh, 160, but it's plus 120 in Vegas right now. And no, it's not. I think he's going to win it. It's almost like, you know, a, a real NASCAR battle will tell you, oh, it's a loser bet. It's crazy. You can't, you know, you got to be getting better odds. Um, but I don't know, man. Plus 160, it's a couple hours. I'll take my chances that Harvick wins this thing. Good stuff, right, buddy. Listen, excellent. always a pleasure, my friend. Have a great weekend. Right, good stuff, guys. All right. All right thank Gabriel Morenci joining us from Fantasy Sportsnet. And so many other places. Check him out on Twitter at SportsRage. He's the man. We got one quick segment left here in the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am a part of the Merrimack Volleyball Select. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within and the sport you find between the teams. What is it like? to know that you're leaving your school that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities to know that you're going to be leaving that are you excited or are you nervous like, it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there but at the same time having to like leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is a little nerve-wracking because you feel so much and like i'm going to be different to like elise where are you looking at going to school playing volleyball at the university of delaware in newark so i'm really excited to be down there i'm looking at maybe doing something along like biology the biological sciences and and who would you say has influenced you the most in your academics i would say that my siblings i have both worlds of siblings and one of them my brother james has definitely led me to be who i am today um and tammy lambro because she has been there for me for the past five years that was elise jolly apple therapy student athlete of the month for october nominate your son or daughter sign up now at espnnhradio.com with six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com.
Bedford's going to hang on, and the Bulldogs celebrate in mass. This weekend's Division I semifinal matchup between Bedford and Merrimack is the most anticipated rematch of the season. We want to play Bedford, but to be honest, it doesn't matter who we play. It's just one more stepping stone to get to the ship. Will Bedford maintain their undefeated status and march on to UNH, or will Merrimack survive and earn the right to play for a championship? Our Friday Night Lights Game of the Week, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, begins Saturday at noon, only on ESPN New Hampshire, sponsored in part by Nashua Marine. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for The Right Time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. In this sturdy old part of the city Where the sun refused to shine People tell me there ain't no use in trying Hate to cut an amazing song like that, Sean. The animals, we gotta get out of this place. But we, we gotta get out of this place. <laughs> Perfect. We, we literally have. Because I get said out of that, I'm like, well, that's that's exactly what needs to happen here in a stretch run in ESPN New Hampshire. A, a long segment with Gabe, but well worth it. And we are cut short on time, so thank you to all our guests. Thank you to Justin working the board. Thank you to you, Bob, for coming in. Thank you. And, uh, of course, thank you to all our veterans out there on this Veterans Day 2016. And before we go, a fitting song uh, for those lost, I think, at War II. And uh, for a great musician and poet and writer who was lost at the age of 82 last night, Leonard Cohen, from the city I was just in, Montreal. Rest in peace, Leonard Cohen, and thank you to all who made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Godspeed. You got me singing Even though the news is bad You got me singing The only song I ever had You got me singing Ever since